hooked up. It's, it's. I knew a little bit about Renaissance periodization, but from from my perspective, it was all about helping people kind of implement athletic programming into their daily life. Is kind of how I how I interpreted it. How did it come about? Like, what'd you do to kind of get to where you are now? It's a very general, yeah. broad question. So take your time. Uh, well, for sure. So I was always really interested in sports and fitness growing up. And so yeah. I kind of knew that I was, I always wanted to do something mm-hmm. in that field. I just wasn't sure exactly what. And so I went to school at the University of Michigan. And my sophomore year, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down training at the school gym. And I see this other guy, this short, stocky guy squatting. You know, 405 for reps perfect form yeah nice. no problem yeah <laughs> holy holy crap like i've never seen this before and especially in a school gym mm-hmm. so anyways uh, you know i start chatting with him mm-hmm. uh kind of just that mutual respect that you have for someone else in the gym doing something yeah of, went both ways and it actually you know lo and behold that was you know dr mike israel but this is before he had what? had his oh yeah so that's how just that's talking how we, about that dude guy. yeah yeah and and we watch his videos and everything and we thought we thought we were like it was funny we were thought oh dr mike you know uh, is gonna be on the show oh my gosh check this out and we're like <laughs> Yeah, so we're like, oh no, we got the founder, we got the we got the head honcho on with us. It's dope, it's amazing. So. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, so so he he, he co-founded RP with me, mm-hmm. and it's just funny that that's how we met. And he convinced me to to try powerlifting pretty early on, mm-hmm. and as soon as I did, I was hooked. And we started training together. We were pretty much always experimenting with ourselves uh, mm. fast forward yes. you know another year or so he helped coach me through my first bodybuilding show this is like in wow. 2008 uh, i graduated from michigan in 2009 and just knew that i wanted to do something in fitness yeah and he was moving out to new york city to be a personal sure. trainer and he said well hey do you want to come with me uh like hey they need more people and i had never been to new york but i was mm-hmm. like yeah sure like uh, you know just wow. hang out in just, the gym all day yeah, yeah, totally. And so that's really, I mean, funny enough, that's just kind of how RP got started. And we were training, personal training in a year in Manhattan. You know, it's really cool. Uh, he yeah. left to go back to get his PhD. And not too long after that, that's kind of when we officially started RP because we started doing a little bit of online coaching for folks. So it kind of, it, so it started off as like just an online training business. And then you guys kind of went up from there. Yeah, all we did was start writing programs for you know close friends family mm-hmm. things like that and this was way back in 2011 maybe so wow, it was a man. while ago yeah like you know pretty much a full decade yeah and so the, the online coaching thing was a little bit newer back then i mean nowadays pretty much everyone and their brothers are online so coach, you guys were like the, the pioneers at the time like <laughs> i would say because you're right i mean back in the day online training was like wait it was new like, like yeah it, it that, was so right? cool yeah and and nowadays you're right everybody on instagram's got like their their link tree or whatever you know <laughs> their their online program and their only fans yep. Plus they're only yeah. oh boy yeah oh boy yeah for they sure com- for they combine sure. it with a lot of things yeah, yeah exactly so was that your first step into um into online just online everything media personal training everything was like that was the start of it 
Yeah, uh, yeah totally. So I'll, I'll back up just a little bit. So essentially what happened is I realized when I was training people in person in New York City, I was yeah. busting my tail going all over the city everywhere. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, this is not a very efficient use of my time. Like, how can I do things a little bit more efficiently? And that's when we started doing some online stuff. And I yeah. quickly realized, yeah. I was like, holy crap, this is maybe there's something to this. Yeah. So and, when you first introduced it, um, to yeah. your clients, what was their initial reaction? I mean, they had to think initially it was like, this isn't going to work. How are you? Yeah. Gonna... Kind of like a new thing. Like where yeah. you guys thought of is, is kind of like, Oh, this, this isn't going to work. Like were people kind of, you know, <laughs> shunning you in the beginning. Um, well, what it took initially, and that's why we started with close friends and families, because you have to have something in the way of results to kind of show people. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you have a little bit of that, you know, you have some of that social proof, it's a little bit easier to sort of convince them that, oh, hey, well, maybe works. this is worthwhile. Sure. So, you know, we, we, we started out doing stuff for free for, for people because we knew we needed that. Yeah, and it's true. Even, even when we were charging people, mm -hmm. I mean, for diet and training for like a month is like maybe a hundred dollars. Oh, wow. That's wow. A, that's low price. But though. that puts it, that puts it into perspective, I guess, is you really do like what you said, you have to just generate free content right off the gate and you have to be willing to do that, you know, at a, at a moment's notice. Yeah. So it's, you gotta like build up the servant side first, you know? Yeah. We always call it a uh, giving out little, little golden nuggets. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to build your reputation. Yeah, like, it's true. Field, totally. So. Yep. And you guys are all about that, which I love. You know, you guys just looking at your your Instagram page and everything. Everything seems free. You guys just kind of, you know, even though you got the programs and everything, it's it's you lay it out for everyone. Like it's you give them the results, they see that, and I think it's I think it's what's needed right now, especially with what's you know all the pandemic online trade, the pan, you know, and the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is really interesting in that the first time we ever created these diet templates was just way back in 2015, so mm -hmm. about six years ago. Uh, one of our coaches said, "I can't believe you guys are doing this. I think you're going to put coaching out of business." Mm. And, interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, like, like in a good way. <laughs> it's a bad way. Bad. Interesting. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And we kind of thought, well, I I don't think that's the case. And yeah. What's, so basically we, we took the coaching model and we're able to scale it, make it more affordable. So it actually opened the door for more people. Now wow. more people are coming in. Right? It's the same idea with free content. Sure. You, know, you look at someone like, uh, like Mark Bell, mm -hmm. who's been doing that for, you know, everyone knows who Mark Bell is. He, yeah. he gives out so much free content that, you know, people love it. And so that was kind of always our, our idea as well is like, well, let's just put out a lot of free content. Mm -hmm. It's going to help people. Yeah. It's going to draw more people in. And then usually what happens, I don't know about you guys, but if someone's giving me a lot of good stuff for free, mm -hmm. you know, if they do have something that like they have a program or a book or something, I'm going to buy it. So I'm like, yeah, these guys are good. Like they're doing all this stuff. Like I want to support them. I want to Dude, help them out because that is, that is you're building trust with them. <laughs> like they, they yeah. see totally. that, that you have the heart for this stuff. Yep. Yep. And you know oh, totally. Yep. Yeah. Like, I think me and Ian were just talking about this the other day. Um, we wish that most that other trainers would start would with give the... give out free content. Yeah. You know, and most trainers that we talk with, they're so afraid of doing that because they're like, I mean, and I agree with them as well to a certain extent. Like, clients should pay for all this. Uh, all my services are they're not. I don't want to give it out for free. You know. Yeah. And all this, and I'm like, well. I believe. I mean, all the content I feel like is is already out. It's there, it's already right? on YouTube and and shoot, you know, you guys are already doing it too with with Renaissance. You know, it's it's all it's it's free 
it's free to get. And, and a lot of times now, like what Eric was saying, it's just, they, they don't, I guess they don't know how to do it. It's the, it's that, it's yeah, like, what they, do you give out? They just know? like, don't want to do it. Yeah. You know? And, um, I mean, Nick, what would you, what type of advice would you give to the trainer of 2021 up to date yeah. to, to build their business, the fastest leveraging internet, would you tell them to, to just cut your ego, start giving out little gold, like free nuggets here and there, establish yourself. Like what, what type of advice would you give to the trainer of today? Yeah, I think that's a, a good starting point. So if you're starting from scratch, I mean, you have to be able to do some stuff at discounted rates or for free because you need those testimonials. You need referrals. Sure. You need proof of what you do works. I mean, that's why I, I think for a lot of people, actually starting with in-person live training is a really good idea because you, you build some confidence that you actually know what you're doing. You get people results. You feel good. Then you can maybe go online and start saying, hey, you know, here's my client that lost, you know, X amount of pounds and yeah. you know, they got stronger and hey, look at this. And then, you know, maybe you drop some some little pieces of, of free advice along the way. It's like, hey, here's a couple, you know, things that you can do to get started. People see that, they get kind of interested. Yeah. And, you know, you you do build that trust, that yeah. rapport over time. And then if, if someone, you know, if, if they then need some program, like, okay, yeah. So mm -hmm. I like to make the analogy of, I, mean, I don't know much about cars. I could take lots of time to learn all that mm -hmm. on online, on YouTube, let's say. I could learn how to, you know, tweak engines and all this stuff but sure. realistically am i going to do that do i have the time <laughs> for that yeah. no absolutely not it's just like in fitness like think about how many people out there they could do all this stuff yeah, yeah. but let's be honest they're not going to they just want you know a, a well-priced program that works that they can mm -hmm. follow yep. it, how do you guys how, how do you guys like bridge the gap how do you how do you kind of combine the two because i know you've got like you've got the plans you know but it's how are they designed in a way that kind of allows people to like take them and roll with it? Because I'm always confused by that. You know, when I started out as like a trainer and I still I still struggle with it today. It's it's how do you develop the mindset portion where they can just, you know, roll with it and achieve the results they're looking for? Well, hopefully you can make things somewhat simple. Mm -hmm. And so we have a couple different programs. So if someone's like really advanced in experience with macros, mm -hmm. well, you know, something like our app's going to be a good idea. But if you're totally brand new to the idea of macros and you don't even know what protein, carbs, and fats are, yeah. well, you need something simpler. So you kind of have to be able to to scale things to the person because if you try giving, right, it'd be like me trying to work on my car engine. And yeah. the first car I start with is a Ferrari. Well, <laughs> gee, I'm going to think that the engine there is a little bit more complicated. Like, yeah, sure. you want to start with something super simple, like maybe a lawnmower, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's the idea of really, you know, starting out with the simple aspect. And I think that's what's lost in today is the idea that you have to, like, overhaul everything. And I know that, you know, it's it's small habits, right? It's all It's all based on kind of just tweaking what you've been doing up to a certain point, you think? Yeah, totally. For people that are brand new, mm -hmm. uh, there's a really good book called Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg from, oh, from Stanford. That. Check that out. And that's what he talks about a lot. It's, I think the people that, I think a lot of times social media leads people to thinking that you have to go from zero to 100 overnight. Mm -hmm. And most successful people don't do that. It's these slow little gradual things, mm -hmm. but that's not know. what Instagram tells me. It tells yeah. me I have to, I have to immediately turn yeah. around. Yeah. Come on. I, that's what they're telling me. So I get, it must be right. 
Yeah. Well, totally. Well, and that's the thing, right? So social media, we only see the end result. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's say someone is in really good shape. But like we don't see the five or 10 years where they were mm-hmm. putting in all that hard work. Oh, yeah. And so we only see this and people, whatever, like we're all kind of wired to want instant gratification and mm-hmm. want things immediately. Yeah. So we just think, okay, well, I'm, I, I'm a couch potato, but now I want to, you know, get six pack abs. Like, I'm just going to change Olympia a million. Tomorrow yeah, I'm gonna, couch yeah, potato. Oh, you see, yeah. <laughs> That's how it works, he, right? Yeah. Knock him out of first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. It, it, it's, it's kind of convincing people, you know, hopefully that goes back to the education part of just, yeah. Mm-hmm. showing people teaching people telling them that, hey that's actually not how it works like if you're yeah. brand new you kind of have to to play the game and you yeah. have to maybe enjoy the process a little bit of just trying to get better and it's yeah. just a slow gradual process yeah. and has your company has it made it a point to kind of destroy all the the myths and the the instant gratifications and the and the yeah. science like have you made it a point with your company to say hey this is what all the research is we have 20 phds we, um, we have the people who know what yeah. they're talking about yeah like do y'all make it a point to to update like give the most science-based proven techniques and ways to improve one's fitness yeah yeah, I mean, so like our social media is really a lot about that. It's like, hey, you know, you're not going to get instant results. There's no quick fixes. There's no fads. There's no gimmicks. Mm-hmm. On our podcast, we talk about that a lot. Um, <laughs> so, especially with it being January, it's close to New Year's. Like that sure. was one of the first things we wanted to help drill in people's head. Like, yes, we get it. You're really fired up. You're really motivated right now, but you're yeah. not going to go and get instant results overnight. You just have slow aim for a little bit each mm-hmm. week, slow, gradual progress. Like that's actually how success is made. It's not this huge exponential leap. From... Yeah, it's not a, uh, it's not a, like a straight shot. It's a zigzag. Yeah. Up it's, and down, it's, up and down. But yeah. Trending. You're going serpentine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. And, and, 100%, did, yeah. and did you find, you know, I, 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 when you took, when you were competing in bodybuilding, did you take, like some of the concepts from your competition days and you kind of applied them to, you know, this, your company now Renaissance, is it, is there like a transfer thing going on or do you kind of, did you kind of reinvent everything? That's a very uh, general mean, question. So. <laughs> sure. Very sure. No, no, that's, that's totally fine. So do you yeah. mean like the same, the same habits that make someone successful? Yeah. In bodybuilding? Yeah. Because it, it's, you know, nowadays I think we're, we're seeing, you know, people, you can take these, you can kind of take what you learn in bodybuilding and you can apply them to like the average Joe, right? You can take all that stuff, but is there a way that people can use sort of the bodybuilding habits and apply it to their daily life? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, the, the basics work for both sides. It's mm-hmm. just taking, you just have to think of it in terms of this. And we actually started out working with a lot more serious advanced folks Yeah, and we actually had to kind of scale things back because we started working with more general population folks. Mm-hmm. Like the same principles, the, the the key things still apply, but it's just sort of, you know, scaling it back to like, yes, calorie balance is really important. You know, macros yep. matter, but okay. if it's someone that just wants to lose 10 or 15 pounds, like does their nutrient timing matter that much? I mean, not really. Right. Cause you want to be able to, that's kind of the art of coaching, right? You have to sort of match people to where they're at a little bit. Yeah, rather than... yeah exactly. So no, uh, no cookie cutter, <laughs> you, cookie cutter diet plans. Work, cutter you workouts. don't put them on keto right off the bat. You don't just go, Hey, I need you to cut out, <laughs> cut out all your carbs entirely. Just, uh, mm-hmm. get you intermittent mm-hmm. fasting. And <laughs> so, but yeah, I see what you're saying. It's the, 
it's it's the art of of small changes and it's the art of just of implementing that week to week you know so yeah, yeah. consistency wins what do you think about keto and intermittent fasting what's your thoughts on those um i think that there's i think with any diet Mm -hmm. any nutrition program there's usually some good and some bad it's not an either yeah. or thing it's not like hey this is good or this is bad like i was hoping you would just trash keto right now i was just hoping <laughs> well, you'd just go screw keto see he's taking a dab that. at me right now because he knows that i'm a i'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting especially for like a really uh super busy person that yeah doesn't eat yeah in the morning, oh but, man that's that's tough you know, what that's what tough. is uh what is uh your thoughts on um i guess this is a personal question for me but what are, what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting in general for, for well, weight loss? Yeah, so I think it has some pros and cons, right? So for yeah. a lot of people, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like when I wake up in the morning, I mean, I'm not necessarily really hungry. Like mm. I don't want to take time to cook food. Same, so, same. I mean, for me, I just like to do some type of shake just so I get something in. You know, nice. I get something in, yeah. usually some like pro protein and um, some caffeine. Like that's usually a pretty good combo. Yeah. In fact, like my morning routine is just a protein shake and a banana to kind of kickstart yeah. the sure. day. Sure. So something like that. But you think about when most people struggle with their nutrition, when mm -hmm. are they going off track? Is it in the morning or is it at night? Ooh, that's a good, well, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's at night, right? And that's yeah. why if you don't eat in the morning, you're just skewing more food to later in the day. Like, it's I don't think binge. intermittent fasting. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't think intermittent fasting is, is magical in mm -hmm, any yeah. sense, but it, it is probably going to set some people up for greater success because they're eating more food later in the day. And if they're eating more healthy food later in the day, their chances of eating a bunch of junk food and these high caloric foods mm -hmm. you know, kind of outside of the program, yeah. well, the, the odds of that go down. So they're just simply making their chances of success go up. Like there's nothing magic to it, but yeah. it's just a little tweak that they can do. Yeah. Nice. nice. And that goes back to, um, you know, applying these, these custom, these methods to, to the person's actual life. It's true. So you guys, I imagine y'all don't do the classic, um, give out cookie cutter diet plans. Like here's the meal plan of chicken and rice, uh, every two and a half <laughs> do hours. Do this. Yeah. Uh, every two and a half hours, you got to eat, you got to, yeah. <laughs> so what we like to do is every hour and a half, you have to eat dry chicken breast and or a can of tuna. Oh, that's eating exactly. exactly. uh, diet plan. Yeah, that's that that's what I tell everybody. No matter who you are, you gotta just yeah, can opener, can of tuna. Oh exactly. Gosh. That's so funny you say that because I remember in my college days, I mean, that's that's what I read in a almost like that in a old muscular yeah. development magazine. I was just like, yeah. what, you, what you learn right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. I was told just to eat just enough carbohydrates a little bit to fuel the workouts, protein every two hours on the dot, or you're yeah. going to lose your gains. And, uh, and it had yeah. to be chicken or beef. Every Unseasoned. Every other protein source yeah. was not Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, so a funny story about that. That's actually how I did eat in college, but it's not because I thought it was like that advantageous i just i was a poor college student so like that's yeah. all i could afford was like you know cans of tuna and like these giant <laughs> bags of, of raw oats from costco and, you know, yeah that, that stuff's dirt cheap um I, I was also gonna make a joke that you know you write that diet plan of just like tuna and, and apples <laughs> or maybe raw oats and then like if someone questions it you just have to question the, the dedication they're not willing to do it i don't they're think, not I don't think you're them, in right? it yeah. yeah you're not you're in not it to win it bro <laughs> yeah it's god where's your yeah the gains man 
at the games. Oh, that is hilarious. I know totally. a lot Actually, of kids out there can relate to that. And so, so uh, real quick, just on, on that uh, on that front, mm-hmm. so I actually think that's a really good advantage of so many online coaches and stuff now. I feel yeah. like the, the shift to more evidence-based practices mm-hmm. is actually increasing, whereas we go back in time a decade when we first started. It's I mean, cool. if you yeah. mentioned the term yeah. evidence-based, people are like, what the hell is that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, you're right. I mean... It just blows my mind because I watch a lot of y'all's videos, especially with the one with uh, Dr. Israel in there. And um, it just blows my mind of the diet that I had written down 10 years ago. I still have it uh, in my room. And compared to all the principles that you guys preach today, and it just blows my mind how off I was yeah. with my old diet. The The timing, the type of food, the extreme caloric deficit, you know the the bulking seasons the everything yeah. just completely but it was cool back then it's like you just yeah. kind of you know well, I mean, at, you're at almost the time if you went to the gym and you started yeah. talking about these uh, quote-unquote weird practices and all these yeah. bodybuilder friends of yours were like dude you're just gonna lose your gains don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> you, you gotta and, eat yeah yeah and then, like come now like you know you watch things like uh like renaissance periodization and you're just like wow like that's what that's i'm missing a lot more yeah. efficient ways to do fitness mm-hmm. updated with science evidence-based um approaches so yeah nick you've i think you've saved a lot of people a lot of a lot of heartache and a lot of hard times um that's true just with all this stuff yeah Yeah. when you were uh when you were doing your your bodybuilding and everything what was your uh what was your go-to meal plan would you would you hit Um, on, on on the daily so usually it would be eating i would say roughly about five times a day we would always have a a training shake with training usually like whey protein and something like gatorade powder Mm -hmm. um, around that i mean man we made that's yeah yeah totally just simple simple carbs for sure Uh, sometimes we we would train twice a day um actually the first ever bodybuilding show i did mm-hmm. my last meal of the day would always be egg whites and i have no idea like i'm talking hard-boiled eggs this oh, is, this wow. is a terrible 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 oh, idea hardcore man did you do well, uh did you do any of the carbo loading like the night before the show you had to like eat your full pizza or something or you get your your brownies in well the first ever show i did in 2008 mm-hmm. uh, dr mike had never coached anyone through a show before so we were oh. sort of completely guessing on the on the carb loading stuff yeah, and so you were the first client? that's cool though uh, that's like that's like because nowadays everybody just buys a coach they do their first show they're like i need a coach you know <clears throat> yeah yeah so i mean we we totally blew it because like two or three days before i looked a lot better when we took pictures than i than i did on stage like mm-hmm. for prejudging i didn't look that good because we just didn't know and then I actually looked a little bit better at the night show. And then like basically the day after I was like, Oh wow, I think I actually looked my best look today. Amazing. It's just like, Oh God. Yeah. But you know, you kind of, <laughs> it's good because you have to do that, right? You have yeah. to learn and sort of fail early on. And yeah. you know, nobody was paying us at the time, which is good. So we made a lot of early mistakes on ourselves. Yeah. Sure. So then when we helped people, we were actually doing better. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it, it also gave you a chance to, to learn more about your own body and what, how cars sure. actually true affect you and you know with with contest um clients do you all have a like sort of a a test out phase you get to learn the client's body uh first how they react to certain foods before you you carb load them 
Um, you know, a little bit. So I don't do a lot of coaching anymore. And so when it comes to contest prep coaching, uh, Jared Feather pretty much does all of that. And there's okay. another guy, okay. Sam, that works with him. And, I mean, Jared's done this so much now. I mean, he just turned pro a few months ago. Wow. In, um, Congratulations classic. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic physique. Classic physique. And, Ooh, that's my favorite. Yeah, yes. That's, yep. That's my favorite. I, I believe so. And, man, he, he has this stuff down to a science. Like, he peaks people all the time. He's yeah. turned... I think he's turned at least one other person pro and IFBB. He's turned a lot of uh, natural folks pro. So he knows this stuff, man. Like no if you way. were looking to hire a coach, like Jared Feather would be the, the go-to person that I would recommend. Definitely oh, plug yeah. it in. Jared's we're going to, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to call him up. We're going to be like, <laughs> Hey, um, we got a recommendation and we're going to use you. We're going to hire yeah. you. So yeah. Make us IFBB pros. <laughs> man, yeah. Well, so he actually lives in Vegas right now. He lives with Dr. Mike and they train together oh, all the time and, and no all that way. stuff. So that's awesome. Yep. Oh my gosh, man. Well, that's, that's amazing. And, and I'll, I'll ask you this too, just with, you know, um, with the plans you make for people, what, you know, this is, this is kind of my question. I ask everybody, <clears throat> what's like the go-to simple change that you first talk about with you know like just just an average guy just an average average bro out there looking to use your plans what's the first change you hit on or what do you see is kind of the one thing people are always missing is it something specific or is it just kind of dependent on the person so do you mean like average person like joe schmo that yeah, like just really lift, or yeah. do you mean like kind of like kind of hardcore gym guy if it's just the joe schmo like somebody who doesn't okay. know a yeah. single thing about fitness because i know i know nowadays especially with covid and everything i think you know people people don't know where to start like what what have you mm -hmm. seen is the first place people need to just begin with you know Totally. So calorie balance is really important. So okay. how do we get people to eat fewer calories without really having to focus too much on? And I think that's the main thing yes. for someone like that. So in yes. order to do that, usually the best way to do it is just getting people to eat less junk food and sort of like drink fewer calories than they yeah. might otherwise. And, it, and mm -hmm. you get people eating higher quality foods by default, they will control for their calories because you yep. just simply can't overeat, on, yeah. you know, ch chicken, rice, broccoli, and like almonds. Yeah. Like you just can't do it. I mean, nobody can. It's true. It's true. And, and, you know, you're right. It's, it's simple. And, uh, but it does, it does harken back to just cutting out all the, all the bad crap, you yeah. know, just yeah. the, yeah. yeah. I think a big yeah. one, a lot of people, um, kind of, it still kind of blows my mind to this day. Uh, what, what they count in their mind based off of commercials that they watch, what is That's actually true. healthy. You yeah. Know? I remember yeah. I still had, uh, people that I would talk to today would drink, um, v8 juices mm -hmm. still which are i believe yeah. are still full of sugar and carbohydrates uh they would drink those three to four times a day because i've never they, had they a v8 was, man yeah but i guess a, well they make a sugary version they make it taste better now and um <laughs> it's oh, like ketchup, ketchup in a can yeah, here you go <laughs> and uh but that's just one of the um one of the quote-unquote healthy things out there that uh yeah, that people consume thinking that it's going to help them lose weight when really drinkable calories, I think, are the most dangerous because it can easily, you know, skew your, everything. Yeah, know, it's like that's the thing that. Yeah. So, yeah. But now it's 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 I'll ask you this, too, man. I, I just have a bunch of specific questions. But what do you think about um, what's the science on like gluten intolerance? Because because my big beef with like. People nowadays, I know that people talk about having like a gluten insensitivity. What's your thought on that? Like, is that something founded? 
in your in your opinion? <clears throat> um, well, some people have celiac disease, and that's a mm-hmm. very real thing. But a lot of people, uh, like you said, they think they have some intolerance or insensitivity. Mm-hmm. When you know, in reality, like the, you know, if you eat carbs, like you retain a little bit of water weight. Like maybe yeah. you get a little bit bloated, and people get that, and they're like, "Oh my God, something's wrong with me." And it's like, "Oh, well, yeah. you know, it's not really the case. Like it just means you're human." So. <laughs> That's that's exact yeah, and you're right. But it it is funny though. People, I, I just seeing that. I know that that's kind of a big part of society today is like the gluten intolerance, and then you know like dairy and that kind of thing. A lot of people stay away from dairy. A lot of people stay away from like the red meats, and it's I don't know. The gluten thing just bothered me because everybody's like, oh, I'm gluten intolerant. It's like you sure about yeah. that? You sure? <laughs> you positive? So yeah, because you got a lot of people out there spinning all this, mm-hmm. you know, pseudoscience fad type stuff. Like you can't eat yeah. greens, you can't eat dairy, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. I always like to think if you're looking at some type of diet, and the first thing they talk about is all the foods that you cannot eat. I usually mm-hmm. think that's a bad spot to start. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but so, what? Go oh, ahead. I apologize. No, um, good, good. So I just had a question um, for you're a CEO great of a great company i would imagine you sound like a very extremely busy person how how do you implement fitness into your life you know managing so much your business everyone that works under you being a family man like how how do you are there any tips and tricks that you can give out to the person the busy person of today um on how to still implement fitness into their lifestyle Yeah, I think there's maybe two ways. You just really have to make it a priority. Mm -hmm. And so people like to say they don't have time, but you may, you have time for your priorities in life. Uh, Because if you don't prioritize your health and fitness, and and let's say you prioritize your family, well, if you're not healthy, you're not going to be around as long. So that's not really a good thing. So it's a little bit about priorities. I also just think that you could. Uh, for me personally, most of the time it means I'm just going to get up a little bit earlier and like maybe knock out some cardio in the morning, yeah, yeah. something like that. And and the reason that I do that and you know try to sort of focus on myself a little bit more in the morning is because I know that realistically later on in the day with family and work yeah. and social media and all this stuff, like it, the chances of me taking that time midday, it's just harder. Yeah. So usually if you can get up earlier, kind of get some of it done, that just helps it simplifies things absolutely is, is that what you're doing right now with your own like personal workout routine are you kind of you're a morning guy um a little bit so i work from home and mm-hmm. i have a home nice. gym so super fortunate and, and grateful there um Sweet. but yeah you know I'll, I'll actually maybe do a little bit of cardio in the morning mm-hmm. um you know eat my breakfast read a little bit you know etc etc and then um late morning i'll go down and get in like a in a 45, 60 minute weight training session. I yeah. will say that I've totally scaled back like how much I train myself from being like a hardcore bodybuilder to just like, <laughs> you know, I kind of know a lot of people, again, they think that they have to do so much where it's like, no, I mean, mm. you can get some really effective stuff done in 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. Quality workouts over over quantity. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, sure. it, but but it's the gains, Nick. Come on, you're missing out on the gains. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I will say this: if I was, you know, still training like a hardcore bodybuilder, I would I would I would crank it up a little bit. But yeah. uh, again, it came down to priorities for me, and my priorities became, you know, I had two small kids. Kind of when I had uh, our second kid is when I kind of yeah. gave up the idea of I wanted to be a really serious hardcore bodybuilder because yeah. RP was also taking off at the time, and I just mm-hmm. said. Yeah. Well, what are my priorities here? Should I prioritize 
this hobby that like I'm never going to make any money in and in fact I have yeah. to spend a lot of money on in terms of bodybuilding exactly. or do I shift a little bit of focus to you know business that can actually probably be pretty cool long term yeah. and it, it definitely stuff. turned like out that way yeah, yeah. it's like a, it's like I think you succeeded man yeah <laughs> I was gonna say you definitely uh, well oh, thank you yeah produced, like that that decision you made was um obviously fruition to something amazing I mean it providing is. so much value I mean I was telling Ian yesterday, he was like, yeah, I got, um, I landed at the interview with, uh, with the owner of Renaissance. I was like, I know what? us lowly podcasters were sitting here like, oh my God, guys. oh my God, oh my God, this dude, like, oh my God. Like, you know, <laughs> well, so I will say this on that regard because, you know, uh, I think that everyone sort of thinks that people are, uh, less reachable and I find myself doing this all the time right mm -hmm, so like yeah. let's say there's an author of a book that I read and I'm like man that would be really cool like maybe have them on the podcast or something yeah. and like a lot of the time I'm just like oh man nah, I shouldn't do it like yeah, they're probably not going to get back with me yeah. and um, there's actually a lady that wrote a couple of really cool books that I liked and I just like randomly reached out on Instagram and I was like hey Juby, like I was like, hey, can I send you a copy of my book? And then I'm like, wow, would you be interested in coming go. on the podcast? And, yeah. and she was like, yeah, totally. Like, oh I think my um, gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, Ian, yeah, because I was, I had to ask Ian because he started popping out all these podcasts at like every single week, and I was like, I was checking out his uh, the people he was interviewing, and crazy amount of followers. I mean, when I see followers in the thousands. I'm like, dude, what is the secret? Like, what do you pay these people? To be? It, and and just like, it's just email them like what you did, man. It's it's yeah. it's so funny. Like, I guess for people start starting out with this, that's all you have to just reach out, just reach shot. out. And it was just funny, though, because I'm sitting here like, man, this is never going to work. This is like they're too busy. They got too much going on. And then and then like what you said, man, it's just it's just weird. They, yeah, they just got to reach out, I guess, for for anybody trying to start up a business, you know, so. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a little bit of just having some self-belief and confidence. And then yeah. that's yeah. part of it. The other part of it is, well, let's say you email 10 people. I mean, not everyone's going to say yes, of mm -hmm. course. Yeah. But, you, you know, you might get three, you might get four. Heck, you might get five, maybe even get more than that. But like, you just have to realize you might strike out a little bit. But if you still yeah. in the net balance, come mm -hmm. out and get a few, like that's a really good start. And then what does yeah. it do? We talked about this earlier with you know starting with training people. Well, if you can get you know a couple guests on your podcast that yeah. like maybe a few people know about, now you use this as social proof and like you have a little bit of momentum and now you can go to other people. Exactly. And you yeah. just can you know, that's just how it works. A lot of people is... they just think that they want to go from that zero to a hundred, but it's really not like that. The back yeah. end, you gotta be brave. Yeah, you, know, you, you do. Yeah. Just reach out. We've never approached it like that. We're just, you know, we're 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 just going to go through really scared and you know, no willpower. So that's what we're thinking. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna accomplish Sweet. it that yeah, way, totally. man. Totally. <laughs> it's it's gonna be yeah, very timid. Um, yeah, we're thinking we're gonna we're gonna yeah. build a business on that. So, <laughs> so Nick, you you mentioned um, you mentioned a, that there is a couple of, of books that you like to read. Are these books that that have greatly impacted you know your life as far as being like a better overall fitness coach, a business owner, a father, like what, yeah. what, what do you look for that? What has helped you as far as like the tools? Yeah. What do you recommend? Oh man. Like uh, I, I'm an avid reader now. Uh, I read all the time. Uh, I started yeah, picking this up a lot more yeah. a couple, a couple years ago. Um, honestly, I, I, I read, my goal is to read like 50 pages a day. Nice, and um, dude, nice. like, oh my gosh. sometimes, 
and again, it just goes back to priorities. Like, I just really want to prioritize that. Um, actually, so I wrote my own book that came out in November, and it was sort of like this sort of accumulation of reading a bunch of different books in different nice. genres. So, like, sure. not just fitness, but, you know, business, psychology, yeah. personal finance, et cetera, et cetera. But you just notice all these common themes and habits that keep coming up, yeah. uh, whatever sort of genre or, or, you know, whatever it is. And so that's kind of what the book was based on, like the seven things that the most people do. So, I mean, there's like, there's so many books. It would really be like, well, like, what are you kind of looking for? Yeah. I mean, I think there's probably just some, you know, let's say you take one, like, oh boy, where do you even start? Uh, you know, Seven Habits by Stephen Covey is, is a good oh, one. Yeah, you know, that's a great one. How to, how to win friends, influence people. To, I mean, this is, you know, the, you start with, like some of the just the, the well-known ones yeah sure and those are all really great starts and you know the cool thing is a lot of these books will reference other books and you can kind mm -hmm. of pick up some more from there and that's just how you keep going through it that is awesome that's what you're reading right now yeah i just ll i just finished this this morning mm -hmm. i um it might might be the longest book I've ever read. It's about uh, 549 pages. It's I like believe. Harry Potter right there. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely was not uh, similar to Harry Potter. Although maybe it, uh, the book it was written in 1985. It's called Developing Talent in 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 Young People. Oh, nice. It's Sounds... By Benjamin Bloom. Okay. Yeah, yeah uh, really, really fascinating stuff. Actually, they took uh, six different categories of, of people that became like top twenty-five in the world at their crafts. So it was uh, piano, it was sculpting, it was swimming, it was tennis, it was research mathematicians, research neurologists, and they mm -hmm. they just started looking at like all the common themes of like what you know what made these people get to the top of their craft and you know wow. it's really broken down and, and lots of cool stuff so yes yeah, it's, 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 it's really fascinating stuff yeah. so what are uh what were the top i guess i guess we can't name them all but like what are what were the top three traits i guess <laughs> we're putting that... you on the spot man but... <laughs> no no hey, tell us what you've be... learned <laughs> Well, no, no, this is great because now I have to kind of like test myself and actually learn what I read from this book. Aren't so you glad you came on this podcast? Uh, here we go. I'm very much prepared because I was writing down tons and tons of notes um, Good. from the book. So there's a couple things. And one of them is it seems like all of these people had some good core family values that were instilled from, from, yeah. from their parents. Like you have to be just a tenacious hard worker. You have to think long-term. You have to like sort of set long-term goals. And then um, you just, it's kind of this idea of, of valuing success, achievement and excellence and that like really anything you do, you should be yeah. trying to do it really well. And so you instill yeah. these things from the time kids are really young, mm -hmm. um, it's gonna help, right? It's just exactly. good, good examples. Uh, another one would be, so what was funny is that the parents of the sporting kids, they just tended like the parents liked sports more. So that's kind of how they got into it. Yeah. The parents that were into piano and, and art, well, their parents were more into art. The the research folks, like their parents were more intellectual, like they were more doctors and professors and things like that. So you yeah. just kind of get these 
little little head starts in those mm-hmm. and then the parents were just pretty good about like making sure they practice every day like just yeah. being disciplined so you just look at things like that and um, they actually said that there was like three main phases so you have like the early years where you just want kids to do things for fun mm-hmm. and then you usually transition to like a little bit more advanced teacher and then you really drill technique and you have to get that down mm. um so this was written in 1985 so it was before the idea of, of anders erickson and deliberate practice was out yeah. but that's really what they were talking about it's like you're not just doing stuff you're not just putting in reps like you have a teacher you're getting feedback yeah. you're sort of always pushing the there's a plan um, yeah kind of like yeah, instilling totally. that yeah. philosophy in you you know this, yeah. like you said there's hardcore values the values but then the self-sufficiency so like the <clears throat> going at it yourself and being able to take it you know into your into your daily life and that kind of thing so totally yeah well, I, saw, I have one more thing too and i mm-hmm. think you guys might appreciate this so when i think of deliberate practice i actually think of periodized training yes like you're yeah. always intentionally pushing the envelope a little bit yeah. like you're not just doing the same stuff like there is a plan in place so one week you're doing you know three by you know let's say 225 or something on bench and then like the next week you're adding a little bit like you're always pushing that envelope a little bit so mm-hmm. i actually think like the idea of deliberate practice really fascinates me because it perfectly parallels kind of how we set up training programs. At yeah. RP. And, and we were, we were talking to, you know, when it comes to like the advanced lifter and, and you can tell us what you think about this. Cause this is, we, we've, we've tossed this around, you know, we we're kind of going about, you know, no, you know, how do you make change when you've been in the game for so long? And we talked about, the idea of frequency, you know, because you start out in the gym, you go with like, okay, I know I need to lift heavy and I know I need to do it for a certain amount of sets and reps, you know, but for you, what's, what do you tend toward, especially with your lifting to kind of keep making progress? How do you change it up for yourself? Oh yeah. So I use our male physique templates from RP. So it, usually it'll be and and again some of this is a little bit of trial and error over time yeah so i would try like six or seven week mesocycles and by the end of them man i just i would get these you know little nagging injuries in like my forearms or elbows i'm just like ah, i just i don't think i can do this much i was probably going past my my personal mrv so Mm -hmm. i I usually will go like a a four to one so four weeks uh you know progressive overload and then uh, one week deload and then i'll switch to like the next meso cycle and, and kind of repeat it and so the male physique templates that, that we have i gotta try that yeah um, okay yeah they they sort of the programs are set up like they have four or five meso cycles built in and all okay. you have to do is sort of pick the exercises you know punch in like your estimated 10 rm and mm-hmm. then it's basically going to program you know the next five six weeks for you it's, it's wow. pretty cool that is amazing that's 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 something you don't see now. I mean, I'm just it's it's yeah, like like putting in the idea of that of that periodization into your because people don't know how to like how to go through a wall or push past a plateau. And I think yep. that's that's the big the stopping point for most people. I guess they make you know they make changes in the beginning, but once they hit that wall, it's like oh I don't know what to yeah. do now. You know, so you you guys hit that plateau. You guys push people past that point. You know. Yeah, totally. Well, a lot of people, they think they hit a plateau and they just sort of have to grind through it. But a lot of mm-hmm. times it's like, well, you hit a plateau, like you might actually need a deload or something. You just kind of ease back. And it's almost counterintuitive a little bit, Yeah. but you just, you know, three steps forward, one step to the side, then you keep yeah. going forward. Uh, I, I like saying the step to the side, not backwards. Cause yeah. I mean, you know, a deload's not backwards. You're just yeah. kind of standing in place for You're a little bit. Resensitizing yourself, I guess. I've yeah. never heard that totally. before. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I think of a plateau, you know, I think push harder almost yeah. every time, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
So a deload, that's uh like getting awesome. your getting your body ready for like the next step, you know, yeah. like like taking taking time to to transfer, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Do you think people uh do you think that's kind of the missing ingredient nowadays is that deload phase because, you know, like what you said, you just want to kind of push through. So you don't think about it, you know. Yeah, maybe I think a lot of people don't don't rest enough, but if they if they know a little bit about evidence based stuff, I think they're probably doing an okay job in that regard. But mm -hmm. you know, if they're just following hardcore bodybuilder bros online, yeah, they're probably just thinking, Oh, like let's just crush it, man. Like so real quick on the D load front, here's what I say. You're gonna take time off eventually. You have two choices. Okay. You can be proactive about it and you can deload. So you plan it in advance of when mm -hmm. you're gonna take some time off that, or not not even off, but you're just gonna kind of ease off the gas pedal a little bit. That's one route. That's probably the better route to go. The other route is yeah. you just keep training as hard as you can for as long as you can. And then what's going to happen? You're going to get injured. Mm -hmm. So yeah. do you want to take time off proactively or do you want to be reactive when, you know, you, you get hurt and you got to take a month off? Well, yep. it's kind of yeah. silly, right? Like why not just take a deload week every five, six weeks? It's planned. You, you bring down that fatigue and you just keep going. Like that's the idea yeah. of periodization. It's just smarter, long-term thinking. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I know a lot of people watching this are definitely going to, that's a golden nugget that people need to take. That is, that's, that's sure. the piece. That's a piece so. of information people, <laughs> people want for sure. And, and I, I, I think, you know, I, I think too, it's, it's not even that it's also to the sleep component and mm -hmm. what, what, what do you do to like get better sleep? Cause that's always, I struggle with it. Eric struggles with it. Like yeah. that sleep portion of getting rest. Too much Netflix. Too much Netflix. Personally. Yeah, too much YouTube when I'm like <laughs> laying down. I'm like, all right, let me pull up my phone, you know? So, yeah. What do, yeah. What, what's your What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, listen, I struggle with it a little bit too. So mm -hmm. for a while I was you know, getting up pretty early and I had a pretty good streak going of doing that every day. And man, when yeah. you get up early and that, like you're I was legitimately tired. So I could fall asleep true. within a minute of laying down <laughs> Just like every single night. And I would not wake up until my alarm clock went off in the morning. Wow. Um, I wish I've been playing around with yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I'll tell you this start getting up at 5 a.m. every day. Like, <laughs> you know, going to bed sorry, I need my beauty sleep. I can't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, um, I also started working online for a for an investment firm um and it i just kind of forced me to get my training done yeah. earlier um i have been waking i don't wake up as hardcore as five o'clock five forty five is my is my thing um but still yeah, good though. it's, uh, it's yeah, great yeah. it's still yeah because i am I mean, exhausted yeah. by the time nine o'clock on the dot nine or ten o'clock you know it'll hit mm -hmm. me and uh even if i do try to watch netflix or something on my phone I just feel the phone smack me in the forehead because I'm passing out you know, and then I know I'm going like, to sleep. All right, so, I'm good. Yeah, no. I agree with the 5 a.m. rule 100%, sir. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And and uh, do, do you watch any shows on Netflix right now? This is not a fitness question. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no worries. No, no, I don't, you know, I don't watch a ton of, I probably don't watch a ton of like fit, uh, fitness stuff uh, anyways. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, my wife and I just started watching The Queen's Gambit, which is uh, pretty that's interesting. A good one. Like that that's a good one. Yeah. We like that yeah. one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Got to yeah. play chess and stuff. Yeah, you could do that with. Uh, you could do that while you're your strength training. You just pull out like your chessboard and be like, "All right, before we start, I have to play you in chess." Yeah. Now here's a here's another uh, non fitness uh, question though. Um, it actually pertains to, uh, you know, guys like like me and Ian. Mm -hmm. um, 
and growing growing an online business with fitness podcasting um, i have my own youtube channel and everything um are there like a top two or three tips that you would give to to yeah. digital entrepreneurs right now just kind of navigating through the current pandemic that we're in and, and how to how to stuff? tweak it how to make it work yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's two main things, and they're gonna blow your mind here. So you gotta be ready for this. We're back. Number like one? backing yeah, away uh, from the mics. Like uh, here we go. Uh, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, it turns out I'm gonna greatly disappoint you with these. <laughs> here, here they go. Uh, number one is just being consistent. So you just have to kind of keep consistently putting out content yes. and you have to realize that you know let's say you're starting with like a thousand followers or something well you don't immediately overnight go to five thousand or ten thousand but like yeah. maybe each week you grow by you know 30 40 50 and you just keep doing that and you yeah. just keep showing up and you keep repeating that and well now you know three months later you're at 2500 and mm. you know, then you're at four thousand and five thousand like it's little stuff okay. like that so you just got to be super consistent um, yeah and it's tied in with that. Number two is you just have to have that longer term time horizon in your mind because again, everyone wants to, you know, be the celebrity overnight, but that's just really not how it works. Like you have to put in the work behind yep. the scenes and slowly build up and slowly, you know, get a reputation and all that. And like, that's just how it works in really any endeavor. You don't just become successful overnight. Like yep. honestly, mm -hmm. I can relate it back to that book that we were talking about earlier. I mean, yeah. maybe there's like, one or two that were like kind of child prodigies yeah but for the most part like even when they were 12 13 years old like people were, their parents weren't really even like that sure if they would you know go on to become great at it but they just kept putting in the work yeah and so these you know kids let's call them like teenagers were mm -hmm. probably practicing you know two to four hours a day think about that right wow. and then when yeah. you get into the advanced stages when they go to like a master teacher I mean, they're probably training four to six hours a day in their craft. So, so that consistency, that that intensity, showing up every little by little day. every single day. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Got to wow. get your reps in, man. Consistency. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's know, with, true. With videos, content. Yeah. Um, I mean, me and Ian have been hitting it like uh, relentlessly. I mean, Ian comes out. It's with, been it's been pretty crazy, man. The past couple of weeks or so, we have been like really working it, you know, with the yeah. videos and everything. Yeah. But, One but to your, to your point, Nick, it's, it's, it really is just about showing up every day and being consistent and, and pushing past that thought of like, oh, I, this, this ain't going to work, you know? Yeah. And it's definitely well, not totally. going to happen like super soon, you know, yeah. just like you said, longer time horizon, you have mm -hmm. to accept that and know that in the back of your mind and put that and on keep on pushing forward. Yeah. Longer term horizon <laughs> right on the t-shirt. Yeah. Some people need that reminder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Well, if, if you make that, if you make that shirt, I want one. Oh, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll hit you up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the other thing too, right? So again, the consistency and the, the longer term time horizon, long-term thinking, mm -hmm. delayed gratification, yeah. a lot of people, they're just not willing to do that. Like they're just gonna, they might, they might start that way. Yeah. And for six months, they'll do it. And then they just get frustrated or bored or like just they get sidetracked. And, yeah. you know, the, the next thing comes up and like, oh, I'm going to switch to this. And again, they just they don't put in enough time to ever realize, realize. what they could potentially be. And exactly. so, again, it's just because, again, like we're just human. You know, you're going to get sidetracked or get bored a little bit. You're going to have some bad days. But you just you just keep going. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree more. I mean, you just. I do agree with you 100%. I think a lot of people think that, you know, putting six months into something is is a long time. Yeah. But 
comparatively and, and enough, speaking, like they, yeah, they expect that to yield they, their progress. Exactly. They're, they're like, forward. well, nothing's yeah. happened by six months um, or three months or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to just give up right then and there. They're like, well, I've tried. You Every, can't blame me for not being consistent because I've gone for, yeah. you know, and the truth is you just got to keep showing up every single day, mm-hmm. you know, and if something's not working, I believe, you know, changing up your, your strategy as well, but still you're right. Consistency every single day showing up, not yeah. giving up. So yeah. totally. Yep. Yeah. It's not, it's not six months, but talk to me in six years. Yeah. <laughs> six years. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. You can already see someone watching the podcast, like a, a young person. They're just like, Oh no. Oh no. I can't do that. TikTok, TikTok says it's, I'm supposed to be an influencer by uh, tomorrow. Yeah, so. exactly. We'll just hop yeah. on TikTok. We'll do, we'll do little mini TikTok podcasts. That'd be great. I'm sure they, I'm sure they'd love that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, Hey Nick, it's been a pleasure, man.